Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme here on iHeart. First of all, our family. Uh, what's up, Laia? Hey, yes. Hallelujah. Hey, how you doing? Why... <laughs> Why are you giving me side eye already? Me? I'm not giving you side eye. I'm excited. Are you excited? Oh, no, no. I know this. This now, this has been a fact, long time in the making. This yeah, is a long let time me just bypass you guys. Some pay bill and Von Tigolo. What up? All right. uh, Let's get into it. We yeah, we've been waiting for this episode probably longer than we care to actually state on the record. I don't know why it's taken almost three and a half years for us to finally bring to fruition uh, the Jill Scott episode i i can't say enough about this woman she helped me get my first grammy and i appreciate that jill scott she saved my life she gave me my first and only hit wow Wow. wait damn that is wow (laughs) and only hit No, ladies and gentlemen, no, for real, Jill Scott is much more than that to me. She's actually, she's literally one of my favorite artists ever. Um, Accomplished poet, singer, actress. Actress, yes. Extraordinaire. Please welcome to Quest Left Supreme, finally, the one and only, Jill Scott. Wait, Jill, what's your middle name? Nada. I'm going to look this up on the internet, Jill. (laughs) Wait, why don't we know your middle name? (laughs) Like... Wait a minute, Jill. Did you take your middle name off of the internet? The internet? Yes. You did? Wow. I did. Is it Barbara? She, even she probably got a black ass middle name. I like know. What is it? What is it? Renee. Hey, Renee. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Syllable. Jill Maybelline like- Scott. To yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably Mabel. <laughs> Lee and T. I like that. Come on, Jill. I like, I like Loretta. Loretta. Wait, Loretta. are you trying to tell me that your middle name will never be known to the world ever? If if you search hard enough, you'll find it. Jill is really secretive. Like she didn't even want to tell mm-hmm. me where she was at. She didn't want to tell me where her house was. Oh, so he's really not secret. even a, uh, I, not even a state. 
Yeah, not nope, even the stage. You ain't really. want to give me a stage run. Nope. Cause you're a Philly for life. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> no Philly all day. And what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like balance, man. I, I try to find a place where people don't know me at all for anything. And I, I go there and it's great. We have Speak. conversations about something and nothing. We get angry with each <laughs> other and you know, call so, an HOA on each other. It's nice. You're trying to tell me that you you're in a circle in which people may or may not know yeah. who you are. That's right. No, not impossible. They all white. I believe that. I no, can believe it. Yeah, it's possible. There's white famous exactly. and then there's black famous. Yes, and I'm it's, in it's the different. whole of white famous. Uh, <laughs> yes, and uh, white famous and uh, no income tax, no state income tax. Ooh. All that made sense to me. An acreage. I was like, yep, I'm in. Wait, there's and, another place that's music. not Delaware that does this? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Tennessee. Oh, good, she said it. I was scared she was going to yeah. beat us up if we said it. Okay. Uh, oh, I won't fight you, I promise. Nigga, I'm scared of you. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that. <laughs> the first song was getting it. Let me tell you something about uh, t- Vaseline and seeing Aaron's off. I'm, I'll never forget. Are you wait, Jill, Jill, am I allowed? Oh, no. oh my God. Wait, wait. Can I tell y'all the first seven words I ever heard uh, Jill Scott ever say? Oh, no. Please. Okay, so Jill Scott is best friends with a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Leslie Arnett Pena. Leslie is the voice of, oh, on Lazy Afternoon, on Do You Want it's More? It's a lazy, lazy afternoon. afternoon. Okay. Right. So I, be- so I believe maybe this is when Leslie's cutting it. I'm not certain, but what I do know is that she brought her girlfriend down to the studio with her. Now, what makes this even crazier, I'm not knowing that the guy that Jill was once dating is also currently messing with uh, a roommate of someone that I lived with in the house that I was living in during the Do You Want More period. This sounds like an episode of Insecure. This is so terrible. <laughs> is this a tall nigga? This is so messy. This is so messy. This is, so this messy. is all I know. Oh, this is terrible. This is all I know. This is terrible. I'm so not ready. sight unseen. I sat down on the couch and she must have gotten the news that that he did her wrong. And she said in the most think of the most Oprah Harpo voice you can muster up. You I hate Oprah. you for that. I hate she you. She said <laughs> she said, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna cut, cut his, his dick. dick. Off, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jill Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yep, yep, oh. that is it. <laughs> Jill, wow. Jill, is your middle name Heather? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I don't know what I was what doing. The internet just told me. I don't okay. know what I, I was to... doing. I was either in mid shoe. I don't know if I was at my lunch or reading something, but I was like, "Oh, I'm scared of this woman forever." What happened to him? What happened to the, the, the dude whose dick was going to get cut off? What happened? Let's see. What do I know? I know that. And how do my side of the story at the house? <laughs> this it, I can't tell you the rest. It's so bad. I think I the statute of limitations is I, up. I think you can go uh, in. Okay. So That's I went fine. to the house. I went to the house. <laughs> and and she was there. Ooh, at the oh. house. Raheem, right? Sorry, right. go ahead. Drinking my Kool-Aid. Mm, wow. Out of the glass I bought. Mm. Yes. No. What? Yep. 
I happen to have a razor blade. Oh boy. All right, this is a uh, question of Supreme Rhyme. Thank you. <laughs> Till next week, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, my God, uh, keep going. Everyone lived. Everyone lived. Okay. But his they face wardrobe, the same? His oh. wardrobe didn't live. Ah. His, his wardrobe didn't live. Did, did you cut up his You cut up everything, and did this you, was the th- throwback era. All the, all the jerseys. The hockey, the hockey jersey era. <laughs> everything. <laughs> and not on the scene. She happened to have. Wait, can I ask you scene. something? Wait, you can, not you can, on the scene. You can settle something for me, Jill. No. Nope. Was he at all <laughs> Was he at all involved in music? Because no. I have another issue with him. Three weeks later, now, mind you, this guy is, is messing with a girl that lives in my house and she he steals my drum machine dog. I put two and two together way after the fact, like Ew. you all just Tarantino your way into my timeline. And then I had to put the story together to realize what was going on. But he also, I have reason to believe that he stole one of my drum machines Probably. out of that house. Probably. And so, yeah, but that's how yeah. I met. And that's you. how so I was. Met? That's how Dang, I met. That's and the then first the second time, quest love. Yeah. But the second time, Jill has made three grand entrances in my life before I even started a real conversation with her. Now, the second one was a little blurry because at the time I was at Rich Medina's house, it was like a barbecue and whatever. And it was like a spades tournament. And one of my greatest shames is also. You don't know how. Not. No, I, don't I learned late. It's okay. Right. So that that part's a little blurry, but I remember Jill there. But the third time with meeting Jill was at uh, a poetry slam in West Philadelphia around 54th and Baltimore Avenue. I don't remember this. You don't remember this? No. You. All right. So I believe either Trapita Mason introduced you. Somebody, a, a fellow poet introduced you. And you cut her off before it was like, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring up someone to the stage and da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden from the back, you went into Jodeci's freaking you from the <laughs> audience. <laughs> so it was like, like ladies and gentlemen, okay, that was uh, Ursula Rucker or Rich Medina. And, um, you know, coming up next is uh, a sister from North Philadelphia. Every da, 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 time da, 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 I close da, da. my eyes. Exactly. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. It was like, you know how, like, Felicia Rashad over enunciates yeah. words like, like her last name's Allen, like Felicia Ayers Allen or Debbie Allen from the back of the room. Every time I close my eyes. And we, dr- we lost our ghost. Like, who the fuck is this and she's just like slowly walked to the stage it like our tongues were collectively wagging like who the fuck is that and i don't remember that at all did i miss out on jill's sexy poet like her whole sexual poetry thing that dog you I weren't there for that nothing, no i heard it was nothing to be fucked yeah, with 1999 i think you gotta been 16 oh pudding oh i always do that <laughs> There's a wink in there. No, but I believe two, three weeks later, this is when you got me sort of, you started coming around the Sigma with Scott. 
So. Nope. No. Jill, tell a story. No. I, she you don't even remember at, Baltimore Avenue. No, I don't. I don't remember Baltimore Avenue. The, the, it was so much poetry at the time. We were everywhere trying to earn $15 anywhere. Bob Mitzvah's wow. birthday parties, it, the theaters, libraries. I, I was everywhere just trying to earn a living as a poet. So I really don't remember that. But I do remember the night I met yo ass. Now, we were <laughs> on a... Um, I'm trying to remember the brother's name. He had a small uh, record store. Okay. And he had closed the record store out for the evening so people could read. I think Rich might have been DJing. That and... was Rich's spot. Oh, Keith. Keith. Keith McPhee. Keith McPhee had a record <laughs> my, store? My current, oh, my current, wow. uh, <laughs> my current <laughs> product manager, it Keith. was Still working Keith. for me uh, 30 years wow. later. Yeah. It was Keith. Look at that. Okay. Keith so, had the layup. Yes, yes, in South Philly. Yes. So mm -hmm. I think we were there, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. And I read something and I came off and you said, you, um, do you write songs? And I lied. I said, yes, which I did not do. And you were like, okay, bet. I'm going to hook you up. You should come to the studio. I had, had I been to a studio yet? I don't even mm. think I had been to a studio anywhere except for the night I met you. At a Sigma 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 yes. Sound, where I met you, that was the first time I had ever been in the studio. This will be the second. So you uh, hooked me up with Scott Storch, right? Who I I knew only because I had seen him playing the keys at every jam session, right? And every time that I saw you guys perform, you know Scott was there. You you asked me if I could write a song. I said okay. Didn't know how at all. And we sat there, and, and Scott and I got blazed for like, I don't know, like hours. So you just winged, you got me, yeah. like you weren't wow. an experienced song singer? No, I'm glad I knew this all. back then. But was that the first iteration? Like, you gave him your first draft? Or you? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Because there were seven songs, but you got me. I still had that, that cassette. You there got me was number songs. three. There were seven songs. You worked on seven sketches. You got me was number three. And when I heard it, I said to myself, this song's going to change my life. I knew 10 seconds in when you sang it, I was like, this shit's going to change my life. And instantly ran downstairs to Dave uh, Ivory's room. And Scott happened to be there. And we just cut it right on the spot because I knew I wanted to get it out the hmm. way before like Rich and Tariq caught demo-itis. I was like, this song's going to change my life. So before Rich and Tariq hear it in its current state and get demo-itis and be like, nope, this is the version of that we're going to... I was like, let me do the drums right now. And then there's there's a whole nother like eight-hour story of even the battle of drum and bass music at the end of it. That, uh, that was a battle? Oh, dog. Because then it was like, blue dude, why are, you blue ruining, why are you going to ruin the song? Like, just be... Like, Rich was, Rich's whole drum was like, look, Stay straight ahead, whatever. And I was like, no, this is a drum and bass song. Because initially, I wanted the whole song to be that. And Rich was like, that, no, yeah, that one did, keep yeah. it straight ahead. And da, da, da. So, you know, and the compromise of it all was like, okay, at the end, you get your little prize at the in the cereal box. Okay, Amir? Oh, we still mm -hmm. waiting for that part, too. Like, I just knew it was, I'm just, every time you talk about that story, I'm going to just say it should have been part two to that song. <clears throat> We had part two, part three. We we ended up having so many versions of the song. Oh, Jesus you know, Christ. From live. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, well, on the roots, on the things fall apart box set. The two dollar bill performance yes. is probably still one of my favorites ever. Yeah, in DC, right? Yep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was there. Yeah. We, that was we are, great. We are. We're jumping the gun. We're in 1999. Oh. Jill Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Where were you born? Where were you born? <laughs> <laughs> At Albert Einstein Hospital in oh. North Philadelphia. That ain't where you so want to be born. True no more. Blue N O R F North Philly. Oh N O R F. Yep, North Philly. Where? Okay, where in? Because North Philly is just anything above Broad Street to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, are you Ogons Avenue Philly. or like what? What's like I'm, your North Philly? I'm 23rd in Lehigh. Oh. Yeah, Lehigh Broad and Lehigh Avenue. Okay, that's banging you, now. What was it then? It was it was the bottom. Yikes. It was the bottom then. That's near J Street. I don't know J Street. Uh it's, it's, it's near I know, you know shooting there. Is? It was a big shooting, like really you know bad. Where, many, many, many shootings. You know where Dobbins is? Dobbins Vocational yes. High School. Yes. Yeah. I taught there for a couple of months. Um, but I lived around the corner from Dobbins. You were a school teacher too? I'm an English teacher. Wow. Jill, we it? hardly knew ye. <laughs> okay, so in growing up in Philadelphia, like, all right, first of all, how did you, because the, the thing is that if you're saying you're in North Philly, especially growing up in the 80s, mm. getting out of North Philly is an achievement on its own. Yes, indeed, sir. So what was life like navigating through North Philadelphia? You know what? I really, you know, I know that it was tough. I know that there was a there was a lot of murders. There were a lot. I lost mm-hmm. a lot of like, well, we all lost a lot of young men early. Uh, one summer, we lost like seven young guys. You know, I knew them all. They were drug dealers. But I, I you know, the drug dealers that I knew, they carried my mom's groceries home. You know, they wrote me poetry. They sat on they sat on my steps and let me read them Edgar Allan Poe. You know, they were they were sweet to me. And I know it seems absurd to some people, but I had a very, very idyllic uh, concept of the hood. It was it was beautiful. You know, there was neighbors who played the guitar and kept their screens open. And so you could hear it. There were neighbors that everybody swept, you know, um, and then. Then crack came. Crack mm-hmm. came like a thief in the night and just destroyed everything good. Um, not everything. There were still good people around, but it made it really hard. You know, I definitely got shot at. I definitely had to fight a lot. And then I thought of ways of trying to, to not um, hurt anybody because I thought I was going to end up in jail if I didn't figure it out. So, you know, my mom took me to juvie. I saw some stuff in there and I was like, okay, Wait, don't she, have to worry about me. She took you to juvie or you went to juvie? <laughs> no, she took me to juvie. On some scared straight, John? Yeah, before there was a scared straight. She was like, you should, you know, I guess she didn't tell me where we were going. We just got on the 33 and we got off <laughs> and ended up in, in juvie. It was a whole bunch of girls that looked a lot like me that looked like they had been through hell in a basket. You know, I heard a couple of horrible stories about being in juvie and I was like, I'm good. Like, I have to find a way to survive without fighting. 
without having to defend myself because I don't, you know, I'm not the kind of person that just puts my hands up and we're going to fight and then it's over. You know, I, I don't know how to stop because I'm, I'm kind, you know, it might sound terrible, but I, I, I am, I don't want to hurt anybody. So mm-hmm. I'm in a position where in order to survive, I'm going to have to hurt somebody pretty badly and they may not make it. So I figured out other ways. I speak have, to everybody. Do you now, have siblings? I don't. Well, I do. I do. I have a sister um, from my father. Yeah. But you grew up the lone child in yep. your household. Yeah. I knew and all the so heads. you didn't have the story the of dealers. I'm going to get my cousin to fuck you up. Like nope. there's none of my, that. <laughs> my cousins hated my ass. <laughs> my cousins hated me. Well, I could read through her words that Jill didn't have a problem being able to fight because that was the problem that you were started being good at it. It sounded like like you. It wasn't. I don't. I would never call it I being good, good at fighting. It, it was. It was. Uh, you didn't lose it, too often. It she wasn't happened fair. to be carrying a razor blade. It just wasn't fair. You know, I I didn't know how to stop. I didn't know how to win a fight and stop. So I don't really, I try my best not to be in that position to the, to the very end, to the bitter end, to the, you going to jail end. And I didn't want that for myself. I was scared of it. So I embraced every possible way to be kind and and loving and open in my hood. So, uh, and try at the same time, not to be a sucker, you know, to get played by the crackheads or by the drug dealers, but you know, right. be friendly and be nice and be helpful where you can, but not give anybody money. Cause if you give crackheads money, they come back the next day, like a squirrel, yep. you know? <laughs> so, right. you know, trying to find that balance to, to navigate living or dying. And yes, it was, it was very hard to get out of North Philly. So I worked three jobs and did poetry and hoped that I could make some kind of a living got in Dobbins High School, was teaching English. It was dope. I loved it, but they weren't very helpful. Go ahead. You got in Dobbins and subsequently went back there to teach? No, I, I went to Girls High. Okay. But I, I taught at Dobbins and I realized I wasn't going to make any money, which is so foul to this day, that I wasn't going to make any money and I wasn't going to have any kind of support. There's no support for teachers. My, my principal told me I was young and idealistic and I would get over it. And I quit. I quit everything that day. Like, this sucks. There's got to be something else. And then Ozzy Jones, I don't know if you got, y'all know Ozzy? Yes, yes, yes. Ozzy Jones, yeah. Ozzy Jones called me the day I quit everything and said, yo, there's an apprenticeship at the Arden Theater Company. Do you want to try out for it? It's $150 a week. You're going to end up working mm, somewhere between 14 and 16 hours a week, but you'll get free acting classes and you'll learn everything about theater. What do you say? And I auditioned and I had several meetings and I was the oldest and the only black person in the building. One thing begat another. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so no freedom theater, none of this stuff ever comes into your. No, I wish I couldn't afford or singing it. in church as a, as a young, like none of that. Didn't grow up in church. Wait, so that myth, that story about you, it was a story about you um, not being a part of freedom, but that like you actually used to help clean up and do stuff around the building. That's not true. 
um, the cleaning up part came later when okay. I was in college. Okay. But uh, that was that was just because I thought it was dope. <laughs> but I couldn't afford classes. Right. Where'd you yeah. go to school? Uh, college. Uh, Temple. Temple. Really? What year? Uh, which one? I I went for two years and I I took off a year, went for three years, took off two years, came back. RTF? Um, Were you RTF major? No, no. Um, I don't even know how many times I went to Temple. I don't. It was just a blur. I swear to you. I just was trying to finish to be the one in my family who finished school. And, um, you know, they ended up giving me a uh, honorary PhD, which I took, Dang. and yeah, I took that. Doctor Scott, <laughs> Doctor Scott. <laughs> I want, I want that on my passport so bad. Like I don't I know how long get I that went done. Doctor, I'm Scott. trying to tell you the first, the first degree I earned. After that, they gave me the next and the next. But I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm good with it. Damn, Jill, I would, I would have, uh, I would have known you. Uh, had I chosen. Yo, I got into creative and performing arts. I really would have known. You could have went to Kappa? I got into both schools, to Girls High and to Kappa. And I was terrified. I was terrified of that neighborhood. I was like, I already got enough shit. Now I'm going to go into South Philly neighborhood. I'm scared. Like, they're going to kill me. They're going to try to. (laughs) You said that like you straight Philly. All day. Philly pronounces scared. S K A E R D T. Scared. I was scared. I was like, they're going to kill me. I can't go here. That was at the audition. And I I changed my mind and I I got in as a writer. You were a creative writing major? I was a creative writer. I would have been. She's an English teacher, yeah. I would have been. But I changed my mind and went to Girls High instead. That is crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So wait, did you know Sean in high school? I did. We went on our, prom our current together. Manager, uh, Sean G. You knew Sean in high school? Wow. You and, you and Sean we went G went, went to the prom together? We Shut didn't up, go to <laughs> Wait, what? That's what she said. Yeah. She just said that. Wait, no we went to prom together? That. Yeah, yeah, but we weren't. Sean we weren't. G never told me that. <laughs> you were Sean we G's prom date? No, we went on a prom together. We all went and sat together, oh, same we were, car, oh. same thing. Yeah. How many That's people? That's how I knew Sean. Uh, it was me, my date, him, and his date, Courtney, and um, and his date. So it was six <laughs> of us. It was six. In the of Alibaba us. limousine. That's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's dope. That's a dope story of you and Sean. Like, what an evolution. In the Alibaba yeah, I think limousine. I met him when I was um, I was fourteen. <laughs> I had to be 14 or 15. I think I might have been 15. But I got pictures of young Sean in, in my office somewhere. I, oh, we need this. <laughs> <laughs> Blackmail yep. material. Oh, come on, yo. Oh, wait. Ah, uh, damn. I know. Wait. Ah, uh, damn. What? Shit. Ah, uh, because I knew Sean's going to listen to this episode. I got yep. some really good on Sean. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. 
Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. You got you got some tapes. You got some rap tapes. What you got? What you got? Oh, you got rap tapes. Man, I scoured the earth for Sean's uh, record. <gasps> oh my god! Are you gonna pull it out? Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> well wait. I but mean that. Here's the here's the thing. No, I got it. And he, you know, it, like he sounds like it is straight. He's straight LL eighty five. Like you know, see that. <laughs> Fonte's eyes right now. <laughs> he said he taught Tariq. Fonte, he said he taught Tariq his whole style. That's what he said. That's, that's, Sean, that's his claim wow. to fame. That's what Sean says. Well, he that, does the thing, say sounds, that. Sounds it. Just, but the, the thing is that, yeah, that. Sean was like the family star. Tariq had FOMO because, like, you know, Thanksgiving, Sean has a uh, 12-inch single out and was getting play on <laughs> local radio. Blowy B was like, you know, and Tariq was like, hmm, where they get a load of me. And then that's what inspired Tariq to like step up. I, I to the people get that don't the family know that Sean and Tariq are, are cousins because most people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But well, this is where it even goes deeper. Angela Nissel, my uh, Angie, former uh, OK Player partner and current writer at Mixed Dish. One day she asked me for like 
some interstitial uh, rap music. Like, do I know like a real cheap random rap song that's like kind of bad from like 1985, 86? Like when they do a flashback thing, like that time back in 1985. Yeah, and then, they played the music, yeah. Right, and so uh, I I was this close to getting that song cleared on mixed dish, but I would have had to, I, I would have to been the owner of the, the publishing <laughs> to make it happen. Oh, damn. Oh God! Yeah, oh, like because I, I wanted to be something where like Sean was just watching TV and they just oh, come out of the just heard his <laughs> See him now. What how, the fuck? how can how do I get this? Oh, instantly as soon as I get it off this phone, I will send it to you. Oh man, yes, yes. all of us, man. Yes. We dropped that hole. I've been, that save, I've been saving this yeah, record for like the right moment to drop it. I've been saving this moment you, for the. You know what I want? Amir, I want to hear the uh, the other six songs that Scott and I did. What happened to them? I if, I don't know if you have them, but I'm curious because we uh, were, Yeah, it was, it's, it's in Philly. That was my, my first studio. time with with Scott not having Babbage. Not having baggage. Right, Babbage. Babbage. Oh, Babbage. Right, Babbage. G13. Oh, sorry. real weed. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Like Scott. Okay. Scott was on a whole other level. I was like, wait, wait, wow. Yeah. This is awesome. the chronic gym. They called it white boy this weed is, back then. This is wonderful. This is a beautiful sensation. Woo. Yeah. 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 That was Scott's search <laughs> at work. At what point, even though you didn't have a traditional uh, church experience, or community theater experience, as most our guests do. Um, mm. Like, where does music play in your life for at least the first formative years, like your first eight years? Like, what was the first record you ever bought or the first concert you went to? And do you Were remember? you allowed to have it in the house? Uh, Say it again. I said, was she allowed to have it in yeah. the house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Right. I had a little glow, right. glow in a dark record player. <laughs> yeah, I, I was allowed. Um, let's see. I, my first record, I don't know the first record, but I took the whiz to my third grade show and tell and everybody hated it. What? I was devastated. Man. I knew something was wrong with those people. <laughs> you played the whiz. Like, something's wrong with them. You pl- And they hated it. So you brought a record to school. Yes. And they didn't appreciate it as much. At all. They thought it was awful. They booed. I was like, you're all insane. I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not what was your jam? Place. What was your jam on the record, Jill? Oh, Brand New Day. Yeah. You know how I know how you are about the Wiz Lightyear. I'll be, yes. Yeah. The, the Wiz poster is in a frame above my son's toilet. I love the Wiz. You that. Ah, yes. Good. Yes. No, you know I, think, no I think the Wiz is a great horror movie. Dude. It could be. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, is, yes. The Wiz is a hard sell. <laughs> It is. You haven't lived. One night, one night I just, I conducted an experiment. It was one of these nights where, where we had like a Thanksgiving run, uh, like a a tour. I had Thanksgiving off, but not enough to really like plan anything with family. So this time I was stuck with a bunch of people that I work with. Uh, We call them white people. (laughs) <laughs> and I was wondering when you were going to say hello to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I want to see how white people react to the whiz. Ooh, this is good. Yo. Tell me. It freaked them out. It was to them, it was like an acid trip. 
like yeah, and watching man. the whiz through their eyes then they were like yo this is the scariest shit we've ever seen like <sighs> now nah, as a kid like watching the whiz and when eveline when her nails nails like, go backwards that, and man, get the fuck yeah. out of here with that shit man that shit is scary <laughs> as hell <laughs> That was not meant to be consumed. To me I think we were just happy to see black people. I think that's what it was for us. We was like, we got Michael Jackson, we got Dana Ross. Like we're just happy right. to see black people acting. But and the when songs you actually were good. Start, Hello. Yeah, the and songs were great. Sitting. But the but, metaphors well, were so perfect. Black men can't catch cab in New York City. Yeah. Uh, the young woman who can't get out of the house. You know, still living at home with her mama. Mm. You know, all of those things that were actually occurring. The poppy fields or the 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 the, the hookers on the street. You know, right. all of that. It was the metaphors were perfect for the hood. It was it was wonderful. I as a writer, I just fell in love. And then I met Quincy Jones and was like, I just want to tell you that I'm the with the third grade. He was like, I hated that. I hated that whole project. He hated I was every like, moment of it. Him and Charlie, yeah. Him and Charlie, they hated each other. Well, he hated Charlie because it's you know what it was? Okay, as me. as the elder statesman of this crew, because you all were three at the time when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that to watch like the morning that it came out and to watch it in its first run I had to stand I had to stand in line for three and a half hours you remember the Sam Eric oh on you 19- saw it at the movies like you saw it in uh, the theater <laughs> shut up Fonte no I'm just saying <laughs> yeah no, it's just certain things and I'm just like oh shit <laughs> yeah, no 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 the, the whiz in so a I think I think now that I'm looking in hindsight the excitement and the buildup to what the Wiz was was probably better than the movie itself. No, <laughs> uh-uh. no, I'm not saying that it was a bad film because this is the thing we have to know. Like Sidney Lament technically lost his career after the Wiz, like after batting out the park with like Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, Dog Day Afternoon. These, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. All, all these other films that he did. I think he did Serpico. And the Wiz was seen as a, a failure. Now, you know, and I also have issues with how black films are judged by non-black critics. Yeah. By higher level. So I know that there is also points off of that of just culturally not understanding. You got a Tony. I mean, what are we talking about? It? I, I know, but I, the Wiz is a hard sell. Now, recently watching it, it's a hard sell. Recently watching it. I realized what Jill was saying, like, oh, man, there's a lot of the Wiz could also be like a a, a self-esteem, motivational package. Like, because I saw it in a whole different light now, post-therapy, life coaching, that stuff. And then I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> I see the lion? lessons here. Be a lion. lion. You're standing strong and tall. <laughs> Steve, have you ever seen the Wiz? Oh, I've seen the Wiz a bunch of times. I saw the Wiz and I saw the sequel, Wiz Wit. Wait, what? I thought that joke would do better. No. Wiz Wit. (laughs) I said there was a sequel to the Wiz. It's a sequel to Wizard of Oz, not the Wiz. Come on. Try to keep up. The Wiz reloaded. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted another one. I, I really, I still want another one, but. It couldn't okay, be. so what's the second? What's the plot line of the of the Wiz? What's the second? Well, what would be the next? The sequel in the Wiz? Like, what's the storyline? 
it would have to be a lost Dorothy. A lost Dorothy, meaning she doesn't know who she is or how to be. She's trapped in a world where she's, uh, I don't know, weaved out and uh, um, uh, contacted. And um, she, so you're Dorothy's in the eighties. Wow. Yeah, well, maybe, but I think <laughs> I think there's a lot of like that going on. For I our think we Dorothy. should have the black version of Wicked, just like <laughs> they have it now. You know, what I'm I saying? love Wicked. That was awesome. I never saw too. that. The, oh, it was so good. The sequel to The Wizard of Oz was like, eh, uh. yeah. The, what's better, the movie or the soundtrack? For The Wiz? Yeah. I'm going to go with the movie. Because there's dancing elements. The soundtrack doesn't make sense unless you've seen the movie. And it's weird because yeah. the soundtrack is technically a story. It's a movie without visuals, which is why I think it was a hard sell for Jill to get a bunch of Third, kids to listen fourth to graders it. to third, third and fourth grade class. Yeah, but home is oh, but home you were is teachers playing it for them. No, I was a student. Oh, okay. Yeah, they booed. But yeah, home so can awful. live anywhere. Don't y'all think hmm? home can live anywhere? Yeah, but what does that mean? What does home mean? Oh, the song. I'm just saying the song. It, oh Being, yeah, anywhere, yeah. anytime, anybody. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to see. I wouldn't want to see like pop stars sing it. I wouldn't want to see, I would like to see, like, grab some folks out of uh, Juilliard, you know, mm-hmm. and have them portray these incredible people to make it stick, to have, so it has ribs, you know, not just, you know, fancy characters. I don't want to see that. I would like to, I would like Dorothy to have guts. I would like her to be afraid. What was it like for you to perform in front of Michael Jackson at the 30th anniversary performance? Or was that okay. just a weird experience altogether? It was a very strange experience. I got there and it honestly, it felt like nobody was there about before Michael Jackson, no one. And I, that bothered me a lot because I had turned down a role uh, with Denzel Washington to be there because I really, really wanted to honor Michael Jackson and I was doing The Wiz. So right. it meant a lot to me. And I got there and it just felt like nobody was about it. Like nobody was really there to honor him. And I, I remember getting on stage and now they've added other people to this performance, which really frustrated me too. Um, great artist, but I just, that's not what I had in mind. And anyway, long story short. What was I, your, your me, idea was to do what? To do You Can't Win. To Alone? have the scarecrows, the whole thing, the dancing. I think they had Fatima on board at the time to chore- uh, choreograph the thing. I I wanted to present him the whiz, you know, the way that he did it as right. best as I could with all of my heart. And uh, that didn't work out. They kept adding other people and, and then added some something from the Wizard of Oz to honor Liza Minnelli, who's his homegirl. And I was like, what the fuck? And, um, I got on stage and I looked to the left and there was Michael Jackson. He, he was a uh, paper white. It wasn't like, it wasn't any kind of human white. He was, he was paper white. And I, I didn't want to look anymore. I, I was like trying to hold back tears during the performance. Cause he was sitting Liza, uh, not, not Liza Minnelli. Liz Taylor was sitting on one side of him and Macaulay Culkin was sitting on the other. He just, he just didn't even look like a person. That he like was a, present. Uh, 
He was there, but when I tell you that color was not a people color, it just, it was, it hurt me. It hurt me. And uh, I get off stage and I'm, I'm all upset. I'm so upset and everybody's so happy. I, I, it feels crazy when you're in the midst of this business and something impacts you in a way, you know, you're, yeah, in the midst of it. Like, so I get off stage and everybody's celebrating and how great that was. And I, I, I can't even hear them. And then I turn my head and there's Bobby Brown and Whitney mm-hmm. Houston. And why Bobby, I mean, Whitney Houston, uh, God rest her soul, walks over. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get myself together. And I look down and all I could think was that her, her knees were bigger than her thighs. Ooh. My heart is racing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I cried the rest of the night. I just, I just could not stop crying. I could not get myself together because these are people that I admired and, and respected and wanted them to be okay. You know, I wanted them to be healthy and, and, and thrive. And they just weren't, they just, they just weren't. What year was this? 2001. And the next it, day it was, was 9-11. Nights? The next day was 9-11. Was it two so performances or one? Cause I know there, there were. I don't know. I, I only had, I did one and then I saw it. It was on TV one night years later and I wasn't even in it. And I was like, ah. Did you ever get to circle back and like, did you ever speak with him? Did you ever get to have contact with Michael? I just talked to him on the phone. He called me one time to say that he liked me. And, you know, that was in it. I was on tour and uh, he just called to say that he liked me and he was going to send me a hat that I never got. Oh, <laughs> yeah! I didn't. I didn't like that Michael Jackson thing. I know. You I don't know. Have, I'm. You've had. You must have had quite a few moments of like those industry clarity moments. I know Fonte has them all the time too. When you just like, this is where I wanted to be. Man, this is. This is you mean as far as diminished returns are concerned? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or just reality of this, this reality. So, yeah. how long is it before it kicks into you? Now, I got into an unfortunate place where the only way that I could navigate my way through those disappointments was to then lower myself and lower my spirit to a place where I constantly uh, just, just came in to be disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> which is, is really putting a bandaid over a bullet wound because it might help cope with that moment. But in the long run, that didn't service like my soul or my being and enjoying uh, yeah. life and that sort of thing. Because then, I mean, you do that for 10 years and then you become cynical and then you become evil and then you become, I mean, it's just levels of low self-esteem and all that stuff. So, I mean, how long was it until, like for, for you, was there ever a point where you're just like, oh, all my idols might disappoint me or let me not meet them and, let me not take this phone call or have this lunch with this person. You know, I, I didn't even know you could have access to Michael Jackson. I'm like, wait a minute. You had, you had Prince. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. even then meeting him <laughs> was a, a very big, be careful for what you asked for. Because I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't idea. I mean, we had great moments where it was fun and it was like everything I would dreamed about playing with my idol, but there were a lot of, I mean, you've seen that stuff. There are a lot of moments that were like, Oh man, it, it was I, better I off really, in my head. The idea in my head of Prince than 
what I got dealt with? Share a couple of things. One is I'm really grateful that I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. I had posters of New Edition on my wall. I loved them. I, I talked to them. My grandmother, I came home one day and my grandmother took all my posters down. And she said, you're idolizing these boys. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And she's like, you're in there talking to them and telling them how you feel. They're, they're people. No man is above you and no man is beneath you. I was devastated and I didn't like my grandmother for a Damn, long time. That, that's real shit, though. That's, that's real shit. Though. Yeah, Damn that awful love push that cost you 20 bucks. This is the, the shits of it all. You have these dreams and you have these ideas of what the world is supposed to be like. And it is what it is. So what do I do? I take the good wherever I can find it. And I hold on to that as hard as I can. That's all I can do. The rest, I see it for what it is. And, you know, I'll forgive it for because <laughs> it's whack. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just forgive it because just because. And keep pushing. There's no need to hold on to that shit. It's, it's, dis- it's disturbing and disappointing, but, you know. Has right. it been times in your career where it may have been someone that you met, like a, a younger artist or, or just anyone, where you think you may have came across the wrong way to them and kind of been a disappointment to them and you had to kind of go back and clear up and be like, yo, I didn't really mean it that way or whatever. Like, have you ever found yourself on that side of the transaction? I'm certain. I'm certain because I'm not, you know, perfect. I'm, I'm certain that they caught me in the middle of something and I'm trying to, to deal, just to deal. I remember this is a, a um, you know, an advanced artist, but I saw Shaka Khan. I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. You're a beast. I just love you so much. And I wear at the Grammys. I think I won that time. So I'm walking around like, oh, shit. You know, I wore the right shoes. I wore flip-flops. <laughs> you know, my feet don't hurt, so my personality's good. You know, I was so excited. And one of her folks comes over to me, and they're like, Miss um, uh, Khan is upset with you. I said, Miss Khan, who? They said, Shaka Khan. I said, Shaka Khan is upset with me? <laughs> what did I do? So I don't know, but I'm going over there to find out because it's Shaka Khan, and I love her. So I go over there, and she was like, you called me obese. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. Oh. 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 I'm glad you cleared that up. I'm so glad that I had the good sense to go over there. We laughed hysterically. I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't mean I hit it with the end. But <laughs> like whatever. Like, who got the gall to say that shit to you, Miss Khan? For real. For and, real. And, and and me? <laughs> me? You know, how could I call? What? I was like, oh my God, this is this is crazy, but very funny. Oh, you know, I'm so these glad. things happen. These things happen. Are we so, Jill, come- <laughs> hmm? What are the what are the beginning steps that starts with you getting your record deal? Wait, a minute. first of all, can you clear up something? I'll try. What was is Hidden Beach Michael Jordan's label? And I'm only asking this because I'm so obsessed with the ESPN 30 for 30 uh, Michael Jordan the last dance documentary yeah. thing. Yeah, I was I think I was told that Hidden Beach was his label or something like like what is what was Hidden Beach? Well, um, Hidden Beach, uh, Steve McKee, uh, no, uh, 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 Michael Jordan invested in oh, Hidden Beach. Okay, so he was, he was I think, like the major investor and the face of 
at the okay. time. I didn't know if if Steve or Michael if Michael like started the label and then had him run it or whatever. No, yeah. but it was it was incredible to to be around him. And uh, he certainly put me in in really nice rooms. Hmm. So he was an active investor. <laughs> sure. Dope. Yeah, yeah. He kind of liked me a little bit, and I was glad. <laughs> got, a, got a chance to see some things and taste some things I didn't know existed. I was like, "What is this?" You say? That's yeah. go dope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, one of my buddies, one of, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine from down here, uh, Charles Whitfield. He was around yep. at that time, and yeah, I've heard a lot of those stories. The, the MJ stories, uh, they're wild. Oh, y'all went he to the boule parties. <gasps> he to hooked what? us up. The boule birthday party. parties, all boule. that. It was it was great. I don't know boule. You gonna tell me you gonna tell me later? Oh, with the boule? Oh, the boule is the black skeleton, skele- uh, bones and bones and you know the black. Oh, she the, like Illuminati. Yeah, the black Illuminati. Oh. They're called the boule. No, I like Illuminati really? didn't want me. Okay, they didn't want me. I wouldn't. I've they never were heard like, that in my life. they recruiting one of my DC friends, Bill. That's not for you to know, my friend. I clearly, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't know what's up, the Illuminati, wanna, uh, Bill? Clearly, I don't want to join. I just the secret know society. It's the black skull and bones. Is. The black skull and bones. Black skull and bones. Okay. Now, they oh. never wanted me ever. No, nah, they like, ain't ah. want me. I didn't get it. I didn't get Mm-mm. my boule Evite. Amir's <laughs> 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 real quiet because he's in it. <laughs> Did you, be I in it. it. Listen. <laughs> I Amir. might be in it. Tell us, Jill. Ahead, All right. So you've known Amir for a long time, longer than you know any of us have. Oh God. How have you seen him evolve? <laughs> But who was the, who was the person you met? You know, twenty you years ago. You might as well just ask Laia this, this question. No, 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 no she's, she's next. <laughs> How have you seen um, him evolve? Wow. Okay. No, man. He was, he, in in the he beginning, loves talking about himself. In the beginning, he was so quiet. He hardly ever said anything to me. He barely ever looked me in the face. And you, am I lying? You no. would hardly ever look me in the face. And I would come in and I'd anyway, be like, give ahead. me a hug. Give me a hug. And I had to, you know, like, actually, we were so very Rich, five years ago. We Rich were very, was more lovey than you were. Rich was a lovey. Oh, oh yeah. Love. Up love. All the titties, though. I didn't want right. to get sent to HR, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you remember you had played? Um, I was on the road with you guys you had played or something and you were really tired. And I was like, well, let me massage your ankles. Do you remember this? And I came to your room and massaged your ankles and you fell asleep. I, that's my I, goal now, Jill, by the I, way. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Me, like, I don't even let motherfuckers see my ankles. What he's like very sexy. He, he allowed me that time and he, he rested, and which is what I hoped for. He seemed so stressed and tired. And I was like, well, can I massage jail, the ankles? Is rare. Amir did not rest, so that was a big right. Deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I've, I have massaged a lot of people in this lifetime. Man, just, I just know, that's your game, Jill. I wish I remembered this. It's, it's just like I mean, I you forgot I, a massage by Jill Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, just think, I think I can help. It's not How a great game. Is your life? I just think I can help. That's wait, all. This is funny. Wait, wait, wait. Side note. Side note. <laughs> Because wait, wait. Side note: because the first time that Erica tells the story of "Didn't you know?" she said the same thing about Dilla, and I hit him up like, "Wait a minute, you had a massage by Erica Badu when you was making like she was massaging him as he was cutting up 
chopping up the samples. Yeah, yeah, the joint. The Tarika <laughs> Blue sample. <laughs> He's like, I don't remember it happening like that, dog. It was, it wasn't a charm life. Anything but sweetness. It was good. And you rested. Illuminati which, life. Thank you. I'm, it was I'm, good. I'm probably at the, the, the happiest place in my life right now, uh, Jill. So that's, it looks good on you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Take okay, that so- unpaid bill. Shot a sweatshirt wearing motherfucker. I hear you. <laughs> but she told the tech though. <laughs> no, but can I? So now that we did all the soft and mushy, can I just ask? Because y'all yeah, missed part of yeah. the story. Can, can yeah. Because I know that Jill ended up on tour singing "You Got Me." But how did we get to the point of the different vocalists? And then I want to know. Okay, who's so here's get to the play it on the verses. <clears throat> here's the deal. Oh, yeah. I, w- I want to hear yours. Here's version. the deal. <laughs> So what I remember was All Joe tracks. and I had a lunch date. And do you remember us going to Copas 2 on South Uh-oh. Street? Yeah. Yeah. Jill Jill is one of six people whose demo I actually listened to and actually liked, like envied that it wasn't mine. The other, and I've said this story before, the other acts were Blau, Slum Village, Little Brother, Jill Scott, Georgia Ann Muldrow. Damn, she's been around that long? That was been in for a minute. That was yeah. six. Jay Davy. Six. I'm missing one. What you said to me? No, I heard it. I never let you forget. He told me I would no, never no, no. sell a record. No, 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 <laughs> Steve. Wow. He hit him with, he hit him with the temptation cue. Wait, Jill, you brought this up before. You brought this up. You brought this up before, Jill. And I and I I have issue with this. I don't think I ever said that. Alternate fact. This no alternate fact. <laughs> Listen, I remember sitting at the table. You handed me your 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 disc, man. Yes, it was it was nineteen ninety eight. I still have that, by the way. And I remember first, I was like, "Wait a minute, there's someone else in Philadelphia making music." First of all, I was envious of the tracks because I didn't know. You are skating around this one song. I'm just trying to get this. I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm gonna get to that. But this starts at Copas. Okay. This starts at Copas, and she said that I said. That's never a good start. I don't think that ever. Oh, all right, all right. hang on. Not like Joe Biden right now. <laughs> I'm the king, Bruh. Jill. I'm the king of my thoughts and my words being on the opposite sides of the town. But I don't think there's ever a time in life in which I was not your biggest fan. So why is it not her and Eve? I'm just, just come on. Get I'm gonna get to that. Okay. I'm gonna get to that. Okay. I'm gonna get to that. Okay, but, I know that story. But Jill, no, no, no. But Jill has always said that in the beginning, I wasn't fully supportive. And I said oh, that she uh, would never sell anything. Only because I don't think that I thought that. Or maybe I just thought like, oh, this is so good that maybe mainstream. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Could that see mainstream that. audience won't get this. But I was instantly in love with it. 
I've heard and you more, tell this story about Baduism. I haven't heard it about Jill. I, Damn, you told her she wouldn't make it without you neither? Nah, he didn't same say she'd make it out of it. See, no, we're not this the same is how story, it but, starts. No, no, no. So but, but, no, no, no. What I heard was you saying, <laughs> I've read in a magazine, It was, I think it was Vibe or something, you heard Baduism and you were like, yo, I like it. But will you know the hood get it? We're just yeah, regular. Yeah, I, I tend you know to think the things that I love isn't necessarily palatable to mainstream America, <laughs> and that's I, fair. Oh, I was that's wrong. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's what I was trying to say. But I, in no way, was I not. I want to. I want to repaint this history between you and I, Jill Scott, and say for <laughs> the record that I was your. I mean, if I took a lunch date with you about your music. I've never invited no one to the studio but you. And that includes D'Angelo and Erica and anyone else I've worked with. You're literally the lone human being. Well, you invited D'Angelo. He just didn't show up. (laughs) 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 He did for five minutes, then he left. And so... (laughs) It's more on me. All right, now... (laughs) You know, I finally heard that quote. Oh, it's more on me. Yeah. I was listening to That's the Alan Beach episode. I heard now. that quote. It, it's, it's an inside joke. All right. So now for Laia's story. All right. So the story you got me is I hear it and instantly know that this is going to change my life. I run downstairs from Joe Tarsia's room where Scott's playing it for me. Me, Scott, and Richard listen to the results of, of him and Jill. And we're like, that's the one. And instantly, I told Scott, stop playing it because I don't want Rich getting demo at us. We ran downstairs. I did it. So the German bass argument was probably like a three-day thing. And I was like, okay, great. I'll just do it the regular way. I won't put any fancy-smancy things on it. And I'll do it. We do the song. It's fucking awesome. So we go to New York. And this is with Reek's vocals on it and everything. It's done and done. Or this is just I the backing believe, track. You know what I think? I think he struggled with the last verse, so I know. All right, so we have other issues going on. Oh, okay. All right, so here's the deal. Communication in the Roots mm. band oh, in 1999 wasn't to... <laughs> what is up with y'all motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> like why y'all EF button me? We we know. We yeah. know about we, communication. We know. Oh, we know. Here's something yeah. that we, we you know. guys don't know. Communication <laughs> in the roots band isn't two ideas. So here's the all right. So snack number one, and you got me. Okay, number one, I mean we've we've made it very public. Malik's codependency problem is now becoming a major problem for the band. There have been situations of of fights and money and all this stuff. And I'm sort of like, well, is he or isn't he? What's he doing? Is he drinking too much? Da, 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 da. And then you see vials of white powder and shit. And so we're dealing with that type of drama. So something happens that gets us kicked out of Sigma because of oh. Malik. So now vocal, vocal uh, uh, headquarters Dutch, are now okay. at Larry Gold's at the studio. So problem number one is we're not all in the same place at the same time working and interacting. So now it's like a factory. Joe Tarsi is still likes me because of my, his history with my father. So sort of like Amir, you can stay, but you know, Malik and all of his running buddies and all that stuff, they got to go. Niggas got to go. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
all music's being tracked at Sigma. And then we send them to 7th and Callahill to the studio to be recorded. So while that's happening, <laughs> there's also a third factor is mixing. So between mixing with Axel Nihas and Bob Power. So in the morning, I'm tracking. And then the evening, I'm mixing in New York. Suddenly, I'm getting these tapes. And I'm hearing this girl like, wait. And I'm calling Rich like, wait, who's this female voice on track 14 doing ad libs? And he was like, you, you know that girl, Eve? That's her. And so I'm like, oh, man, come on. Oh, like, you didn't even have a part in the Eve part. Okay. Oh, I wow. Know, I didn't know I didn't who the fuck he was. I didn't know she was. Wow. That's Kilo. Kilo. That's Kilo. No, that was Reek, ML, and, and oh, Kamal. And I mean, look, by this point, and we're we're totally skipping over like the jam sessions that are happening at the house Which and everyone being at the house. So Jill's a presence. Jaguar's a presence. The Jazzy Fantasies are a presence. News a presence. Uh, occasionally, you know, 10 year old Jasmine Sullivan's a presence. And at some point, then suddenly it's like, OK, Eve. And at the time, you know, it was like her and her, her girlfriends that she was stripping with or whatever, like they come to the crib. Malik's bringing over these dudes. I don't know. They putting their shit out on my carpet. I mean, it's Beanie and and oh, and, Beans, and yeah. Chris and Neef and those guys. But I don't know them from a can of paint. And they're putting shit out on my carpet. So uh -huh. I started hating the jam sessions. So once it hit me, wait, wait, this this the the the, the stripper joint, the, like the joint with the the short hair that's on this record. And Rich was like, yeah. And now I'm like, oh man, we're about to do that, like come to the studio and and wow. I'm like this is this is like I I don't know how I feel about like no one had a meeting with me about people on the record but so that's when communication started getting bad so that was ain't saying nothing new so it's like okay I'll put her ad libs down because I'm just like where's who no one had a conversation with me about it so you got me time now I'm like wait a minute who's this rhyming on the thing and it was the same situation. And I was just like, yo, like y'all just putting people on this record and not saying shit like this is our hit. Like now we got we already have a a, a, a voice on here. And now what now another person is doing around like this is our one chance to hit this ball out the park. There can only be one unknown. Yeah. And now huh. there's like four entities. Oh, and like, what do we do? So that shit caused uh, like a three week debate argument, whatever. So we get the song done. We and we're playing. We're playing it for MCA. And now they're like, OK, we believe in the song. But, you know, the girl sings good, but we feel like you should have a name to really okay. do that. And we're like, no, like this, she's killing this shit. She's killing this shit. So then it became a group meeting of like, you got me just started to be a nightmare to deal with. Tariq didn't have a third verse. Now it's like, wait, so now we got to, or who's going to tell Jill? Mm. Who, who told, told you, Jill? Jill? No one. Bitch, no. What? She was on the radio. Oh. She was on the radio. She was like, who is the bitch? Nobody told me. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. 
Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wow. Nobody told me. I'll hey, guys, Muppet News Flash. Communication <laughs> it wasn't the best... <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to. I want to make an announcement. I want to make an announcement. Communication was never the strong point. There's a rumor, the roots. and it wasn't even like a mean spirited thing. It was more just like, oh, he'll do it, or he'll do it, or I got other shit to worry about. Ask Jill when she heard it. I remember. All right, I'm just saying that. I like they were talking. I like really, their right logic there. was like, yo, and you know, I've heard stories of like, well, she wasn't marketable, and da 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 da. It's okay. This of them, it was like this. Yeah, she sings great, but she's unknown. And a bird in the hand beats two in the bush. And Erica Badu said yes, and you got to do it. And then me and Bob Power and Tariq, we flew to Dallas, which at that point she was literally. It was still. I think we did. You got me. Maybe early '98 because I know that Dre three thousand. When we got to the studio, Erica just finished whatever she was singing on Outcast's Liberation. So Aquim and I wasn't out yet. So I feel like this is early 98. We get there, we do it. It was cool, but I didn't have the fire in my soul that I felt with Jill's version. At one point midway, Erica stopped and said, yo, her version is jamming, yo. Like, why don't y'all just use her version? And I was about to agree. And Rich was like, you know, Rich's whole thing is like, look, let's let's A, B it. Like, just attempt it a few times and whatever, and you know, you'll work with it. If it doesn't work, then da 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 But knowing good and well, like, I'm not <laughs> right. leaving here without without your vocal. <laughs> without this version. Because I was kind of ready to give it. And it was who not enough. Who gets to play it, Amir? Amir, who gets to play it this week? 
who should get to play it this week on Versus? First of all, will this episode even be? Oh. It does not matter. People will still want to know. I just need to. This is after this. Just yes, this will be afterwards. But still, who gets who gets the right to play? Well, there's two versions of You Got Me. So Erica can play her version from Things Fall Apart, and then Jill can play her version. Not that two dollar bill shit from Things Fall Apart. So I say, I, I say, I would say. Why you uh, say not Jill. two dollar bill? Bitch, because you did opera, jazz, blues. No, anybody. That's a that's a whole Olympic. It's long. It is long. It, it was. It's it is long. Oh, Jill's version of "You Got Me" is also on the "Things Fall Apart" it is twentieth uh, anniversary reissue. So it is. I think that's rather cute. Go ahead. Yeah. I Fonte, think it's adorable. I was going to. I was going to say. I think two things. One, I think Jill should get to play it because she wrote it. Mm-hmm. Two, I would like to offer my hot take mm-hmm. that complexity. Complexity is a far better song than you got me. That's just me. Let me just start there. Oh, I just about complexity, nigga. Because I must give Jill props for complexity because complexity is a very hard word to sing, and you enunciated that so well. Yeah, she <laughs> I, I do enunciate. She Man, does. And yeah, complexity is my joint. That's like my favorite Roots Jill joint. I love that fucking song. Thanks. You know, it's so weird. We that knocked that off in like fifteen minutes. I remember us knocking out very quickly. And me actually thinking like, wow, this was not the like, thank God this wasn't the drama that you, you got, got me. me was. <laughs> was there was there lyrics to complexity when I came in? I don't remember. No, but it just hit me. It just hit me. You were one of the 14 for the you. Oh, my God. We did. You know what? Complexity was so easy. It made me forget the drama that was the you got me. Uh, not you got me the break you off. Oh, break the break you, you off, off with the oh, no, yeah. oh, I remember that. <laughs> and you know what's weird? Ooh, this is so weird to to say this on the air. Jill, you wrote that bridge. Break you off? I forgot she wrote that. Did she get that credit, nigga? Did she Did get, she get that? That's what that's what I'm thinking in my head right now. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> now is your time for all apologies that you have been wanting to. <laughs> Wait, I could actually, I could do a whole episode alone on the drama that was Break You Off. By the time it got to Jill, it wasn't even Break You Off. It was Magic Faucet, whatever it was. Uh, your your metaf- <laughs> metaphor. Magic Faucet. Magic Faucet. <laughs> yeah, wait, Jill, you don't remember it? Like, Comfort you, a sing. It sounded like an old Jill Scott poem. Okay, so you know the second part. You know the second part that the second part of the song that music sings, baby, 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 baby. Right. He changed the words, but that was that was Jill's course, and it was like, okay, it was it was some sort of metaphorical definition of whatever like I'll you know I'll stroke something and then your faucet oh, will be it. turned yeah. you know metaphor I wrote that I wrote that I wrote magic the only faucet? part they kept was the baby baby <laughs> baby sure and then your words were different oh but I, I think I, I think I carbon that sounds foreign to you Jill like I think magic faucet it I mean, sounds elementary oh, no shit. you you yes, <laughs> Break You Off started with, weird enough, Kiki Wyatt about oh to God. cut Tariq. All right, who's who's the guy that invented the king of comedy? Uh, uh, oh, Stan Lathan? Stan, uh, no, no, no. But uh, the guy that, that promoted the other black 
Uh, um, Steve Harvey, not and, Adolf Shaver. Um, God, what's with, his with name? the twins? Um, Bill Heyman. Yeah, Heyman. Uh, not Heyman. Bill Heyman. Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Al Heyman. Al? Not Al Heyman, but whoever that guy is. That I mean, he's the Will Packard of kind of Al yeah. Heyman Jr. For the comic, he's the reason why Harvey, Steve Harvey, and Mac, and and all those Cedric the Entertainers are the stars they are now. He's the one that threw the Kings of Comedy that Spike shot. He had oh. an idea to have a black SNL, and we shot that uh, that pilot in 2001. And it was like the roots were the house band. Think of SNL. We shot a full blown up with Earthquake and whoever the black comedians were that were popping at the time. Shot this thing, and the roots were the house band, and Kiki Wyatt and music were sitting in with us and just fucking around. That's how Break You Off gets birthed. And it was like, hey, that song we did in Soundcheck, that was pretty cool. And let's let's do it. And so then it went from music to I think Alicia had stood us up seven times. And then Gerald Levert did his version, who had, he technically did the best version. I want to hear the Gerald version. Then Me Jill too. wrote it. And then that didn't work out. And then I think I was Renee supposed from- to have a baby with him with Gerald Bird. Yep, that was my plan. I can still see that. That should have been easy. Happen. That should have been easy. Oh, that was my plan. It was also Frankie Beverly. No, no. Oh, wow. no, no, hey, no, no, no. Wait, I had wait. three uh, George Benson, uh, Gerald Levert. Does he make babies? And Frankie Beverly. I don't know. That okay. was uh, when I was 12. That was my list. I wanted to have baby to list at 12? <laughs> at George 12. Benson, that mustache with the. Okay. Yeah, yes, maybe I, I don't really was, do mature old fashioned. I, I thought he was fabulous. <laughs> Because I wasn't 12 years old thinking about fucking Aretha Franklin and shit. Shit, the vanity was out by then when I was 12, so. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but it, yeah, that song went around the world. Then, then it went to Bilal. Bilal's version was the most curious because he was crying on his version. like, <laughs> And then somehow it just wound up back to break you off. But yeah, it's... So by the time all that was done, then yeah, complexity was done in like 10 minutes. So I like, love that song. I, I, I love that song. I like it when it's it's easy like that, when it's just, you don't even think about it. It's just happening. That's so fun. And then so, you go on to the next thing. So how did I hear about it? Yeah, how did you hear about Street. it? I was on 22nd Street. I was in North Philly. I think I think I was probably headed to my theater job. I don't I'm not sure. Probably. And it was coming out of one of the uh, hair beauty supply places. It was on, you know how the Wait, it is. wasn't on the radio yet. It was on the radio when I Nigga, heard it for the yo, first time. When she I heard it, when she heard it. on the radio when Jill. I heard it for the first time. We are horrible. We trash. Wait, wait. She still got <laughs> no, the publishing. No, we played the record she on the radio, the publishing. though. Wait, no. It, no. It was on the. It yeah. came out of the the stores on Twenty Second Street. I was coming to get probably a perm or something, and I was walking from the beauty supply place. It was coming out of every store, and I heard the beginning, and I got all excited. I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm and about to come my, on. My <laughs> inner, you know, my inner self. I'm just so pleased, and nobody knows. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And even when it comes on, nobody's going to know it's me. I'm so excited. And then I heard a voice that was not my own. And I was like, motherfucker, that's Erica Badu. 
And I, I'm looking, there's nobody to talk to. <laughs> I don't know any, you know, I don't know anybody. I can't share this story with anybody. So Ain't no cell phones yet. I mean, I were cell phones. I just think, I think I just walked to the end of the block. And by the time I got there, I was like, Erica Badu is singing my song. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to go to witness protection program. <laughs> no, no. I, I, as a writer, to, to go from zip to a Grammy award winning singer singing your song, like I was like, I'm in, I'm in. I can't even deny that. And then you guys were like, well, let's take her on the road. And then I had that horrible lawyer who tried to gank y'all for all of this money. It was horrible. Luckily, we were able to work that out. And I didn't even know. Oh, it was terrible. She was just trying to bleed you dry to sing a hook to one song. I didn't do anything else but sing one hook. And then uh, you took me on the road and and treated me like a, a newbie and left me in Paris. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait oh, yeah, that came through, Amir. That came through. Thanks. I don't know if you heard that. I heard that so came wait, through. what happened? So, the roots are bad. At <laughs> they left you in Paris. They left, you left Jill in Paris. There was a ticket at the desk for mm. me to go home. Luckily, luckily, I got the ticket and had to figure out how to get to the airport because you know the French, they don't like you if you don't speak French. Straight and up I, and down. Facts. They, I found a way to get to the airport, through the airport at the time, they didn't have English translation on anything in the French airport, in the Paris, in the Paris airport. I'm Nothing. blaming Toya Day. <gasps> you hear you. There then. <laughs> you could, you could. Left my ass in Paris and I learned everything. I learned everything from you. I'm not gonna say I'm here, but from the roots. I learned how I don't wanna travel. I heard, I learned how I don't. We are janky. Tour. I love no, it. I don't know about how you are now, but I. No, we're professional how I now. Do listen. I got beams they, in the house. They, had, <laughs> they put me in a hotel that it was across the street from their hotel. I think we were in Detroit, Ooh, and B team. They said your hotel is over there, and I was like over here. They were like, "Yep, right across the street." Damn. Clearly, the smell of cigarette smoke was so strong when I walked in the front door. I was like, Fuck, I got to take a shower. I got to take a shower. I'm on a bus full of dudes. I, I can't. I got to take a shower. Yo. So I go in the room and we trash, man. And it's, you know how it's when the woodworks have been painted again and again mm. and again and again? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it, was, it was. Yeah. The bed I questioned, I was like, okay, I can't do that. So I took all the towels and I put them in the tub and I showered and dried off with my clothes and got oh. out of there. But while I was in the shower, I had my luggage up against the door because on the outside, they were like, Bitch, I told you back there my money. I motherfucker just dried it off. So they, so they had you. So, so hold on. So let me understand it. So this was a hotel. This was a motel. Like you opened the door and it led to outside. It led to crazy house. It was a small house with winding steps that they called a hotel that I think they used for prostitution. That was a damn halfway house. It may <laughs> have been. Damn. But that's where house. I was staying. Yes. Damn, damn. cuz. Yes. This explains a lot because I met you on that tour <laughs> in Switzerland. And I was like, man, she sure is short with the hello, nice. Okay. So she was, yeah. Uh-uh. Damn, y'all had Jill in the Lackawanna Blues house and shit. <laughs> 
you guys, I feel like everybody has to have, they have to be hazed to a certain degree. You have Yo, to. I it's, didn't it's, even know. It's a rite we of was passage. It was the same way with theater. It's the same way with this business. It's the same way with touring. Y'all would do this. This is my favorite. You never, you didn't smoke. But the guys would be like, yeah, yeah, man, so, so. <laughs> and blow it right in your face. Oh, Tariq is good for that. Oh, Tariq, Tariq don't share. No, he is admittedly so. He don't. It was, mm-hmm. it was everybody. The only person that was nice to me, Kamal was nice to me. Yeah. And, um, Kamal was nice to me, and Hub would occasionally Hub. Okay, I don't know who he is. All right, so good. Okay, Uh-oh. there was a gentleman there. Okay, <laughs> they played an and, instrument and, for strings. And, yes, yes. <laughs> occasionally, he would tell me, "You're doing okay." And I say, "Okay." <laughs> Other than that, that was it. I learned so much. Wow. I learned so much. Thank you. Did I ever tell you thank you? Did I ever tell you thank you so, so, so much? I you think I need a word now. my life. I feel like this my is, life. I feel like if we had the soundbite of Miss Sophia saying, woman ain't chafing a house full of men. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It, it, yeah. That's the roughest tour I've ever been on. And you and had to maintain that fro, that whole tour. Mm-hmm. That that fro was beautiful. That fro was Wasn't beautiful. It, it made Bahamadia go, wait, is somebody fucking with me? Uh, I feel like that fro yeah. was Yeah. My barber had my hair looking like feathers. It was gorgeous. Man, remember barbers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, yeah. Oh, man. Thank you. So, Jill, uh, damn it. It's okay. okay. It's okay now. It's okay. Crap. I'm, I'm no, okay. I mean, I, 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 I've done everything happens good. for a reason. Nothing, none of this would have happened if not for the other thing. So, right, yeah, it's, right. it's like our first real extended conversation has lasted more About. than an hour in our 20 years yeah. of knowing each other. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I understand why she ended up working with Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you hate to hear it. I hate to say it, but you know, hey, it is what it is. That's only part one of our two-part interview with Jill Scott. Next week, we promise you, promise you, more, more, and more Jill. I know, I know. It was cool, right? And then I had to come in and, uh, I know. Anyway, QLS, we will see y'all next week with part two of Jill Scott. Thank y'all. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.